for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production and please subscribe. Thanks. Hi and welcome back. I hope that you've, uh, you've had a good week and... Uh, the anticipation of part two of our podcast hasn't driven you Weird. to sleepless nights and uh, and general sort of bad health, to be quite frank. Well, I have to I have to apologise because it, you know, as far as leaving it on a cliffhanger goes, um, yeah, I didn't do very well there. So apologies. No, that. that's fine, mate. That's fine. That's fine. We'll get there. Um, all right. So should we continue on with part two? Hottest technology trends of 2017. Part two. Yes. Part two. Did Part we get two. it right? Yes, we did. Hey. So next one is Hello Computer. Now, this is very simply all about the voiceification of devices. Now, obviously, voice has been around for a long time. Hello, Maybe David. Like, exactly. You know, all the way back back to sort of, uh, I remember I had a, a horrible Motorola flip phone. God, must have been like early 2000s really early 2000s and then you could talk to it this was awesome but things have come way come a long way now <laughs> motorola yeah so, dial mother thank yeah. you wayne dialing the office <laughs> yeah, yeah awesome exactly yeah i, I we've had it in cars we've had it in all sorts now there's two there were two factors to to voice control becoming a bigger trend first and foremost the technology oh. has improved exponentially to where it used to be yes Okay, in fact, no, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redact that. I'm going to say there's three factors. Oh, go on. The technology has got exponentially better. Yes, next point. It's, it's quite widely accepted now as a much easier way, uh, as a much more um, accessible user interface. Yes, and the third point? The third point being the social stigmatism of talking to electronics has Sorry. lowered. Don't get me wrong, right? People will still look... In a general circumstance, people will still look at you. But in your home now, so I'm not going to lie, right? Two years ago, if I'd have been talking to myself or talking to a piece of technology, even I'd have felt a bit weird. But now I have Google Home. I have a big one and a little one upstairs and downstairs. I talk to it. My girlfriend talks to it. The kids talk to it. And not just like the silly things like, oh, you know, do a fart. Um... (laughs) Which apparently you can do, I hear. Yeah, yeah. Play, um, play, play with the kids. Yeah, but, you but, you know, that's the way we turn on all the lights yeah. in the bedrooms. It's the way that we do all our yeah, timers for cooking. It's the way that we've even got recipes being talked out to us as we cook. Well, it's the way you can listen to bandwidth. Oh, oh look who's, who's here. That? Look who's here. <laughs> where, did you, where did you come from? Just ask Google to, to play our bandwidth for you and you don't even have to do a thing. Oh, how many episodes of bandwidth have just sparked off now? People are going, <laughs> don't, don't, stop, stop. Alexa, play Arrow Bandwidth. Um, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. For those of you who don't know that voice. Who you are, where you come our, from. That is our producer extraordinaire. Hello. It's, uh, it's Hannah Jenny. That is me. I thought I'd just join in on this one. Well, it's a Christmas special after all. Well, exactly. Yay. And half the time I'm sat there going, I've got a good point. I've got a good point. And I can't scramble to the <laughs> mic quick enough. So I thought I'd join in. But you hear a crash in the background. It's because Hannah's just trying to, trying to wrestle a mic off either David or me. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, talk. so I honestly think that, you know, have you got a Google Home in your house? You know the answer to that. Of course I do. Did you buy it this year? Um, yeah, yes, I you can't did. remember. Did yes, I? you did. Yes, yeah, yes, you did. This year. I've had it nearly a full year. It was a loaded question. I know you did. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So did I. I put it in the. I 
bought it this year and put it in my house this year and yep. I'm really enjoying it. I am as well. Hannah? Yeah, we got an Alexa last year and then as soon as the Google Home came out, we got Google Home as well. So you now have two voice yeah. control devices. And I live in a one bed flat, so it's really, very, <laughs> it's totally <Yes>. unnecessary. <laughs> awesome. Absolutely awesome. So, and how often do you use these technologies? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's literally, don't put a radio on, don't turn the TV on, don't even look at my phone, just ask what the traffic's like, ask the latest news, uh, and, and then usually get interrupted by one of the children asking it to fart. So, well, um, yeah, we have our family calendar on this as well now, so mm-hmm. literally it tells us when events are coming up, so I can sit there and it'll go, you've got to go and pick Faith up from dance. <laughs> so we have that, yeah. And I'm like, oh, reminder. Yeah. Oh, where is she? Oh, yeah, yeah I've got to go get her. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what have I got to do? And, <laughs> and literally, it just organizes my life for me. And actually, anybody needs one of those. I'm in a, I'm in a place now where, and my biggest test of, of is this a really relevant technology mm. is, would I be happy? Now, don't get me wrong, you can live without any technology. That's just fundamental. But mm. would I be happy living without it now? Could I, could I turn it off tomorrow and not miss it? And I honestly have to say, I would miss it. Mm. So, Voice control, big thumbs up. Big thumbs up. I think one of one of the things, just back to you, you said the technology had improved. I think what's also it, what's also happened is we've reached that tipping point because you know you take we all interact with that device in English, but unfortunately for me, my accent is completely different to Hannah's, completely different yeah. to yours, and that corpus of information that's been built has meant that the service can improve. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been one of the things. The stigmatism and the sort of, you know, the socially accepted piece comes because when the product's launched, it's not like we were saying, call mother. Directions home. Uh, no, it's yeah. like, you know what? It's so much easier. Never mind socially acceptable. Mm, I was saying this to David earlier, actually, with the Google Home, because... We, me and my partner, we both have our accounts on it and it recognises our different voices. Yeah. So um, if Al loses his phone, which is very often in our one bed flat, <laughs> um, he, he just goes, okay, Google, find my pixel and it'll start ringing and he can find it under the pillow or wherever he's hidden it. Wherever he's um, hidden it, like a squirrel. <laughs> but also it means that we can have our own tailored news as well. So yeah. in the morning I can yeah. ask for That's what I want really to listen cool. to and Alex can do the same. So mm. I really love that about that. So that's cool, but the other thing I think is um, is really cool from that perspective is what the future of voiceification will be. Well, I think you can see that in the Google headphones that are coming out, yeah, which are probably maybe out by the time this podcast is out, actually. Um, which will, I think, that is just a massive game changer. Yeah. Like how uh, that will mean we can communicate across the globe with people. Will just mo- I need amazing. a new pair of headphones, and I am purposefully not buying any until yeah, yeah. I, I i just it's it's very cool yeah it's very very cool and you know what it's not even that for me the future of this if i'm talking from an enterprise perspective is yes bring it back to is, the enterprise i'm, I'm bringing back something our partners can go and talk to their customers about is it's not you know if i put an alexa and i could write a very quick skill or for google i could write a very quick skill that basically allowed me to take turn my voice into an excel query so immediately, I don't have to open a spreadsheet and, and tap a load of um, numbers or, or a formula to get an outcome. I can literally just say, Google, what's the sum of the sales results for, for last month? And it would go away and say, David, the sum of the sales results was blah, blah, blah. And immediately, because at the end of the day, I said, I said this in an interview the other day, it's 
I don't talk to you by showing you PowerPoints or Excel. I talk to you by, um, you know, just talking to mm-hmm. you. So why aren't we utilizing these technologies to, no. to streamline every day? Look, I mean, I'll, I'll bring it back to something that's close to my heart. You look, like, you look at IBM, you look at, you know, back to um, part one of this review, we were talking about APIs. You look at some of the APIs available uh, for Watson services on the IBM cloud platform. And you've not just got what we've had for a while, which would be speech to text, text to speech. You've actually got a plugin for an API that is for conversation. So you can add a natural language interface to your application to automate interactions, just like you've, you've described there. You've got natural language understanding, so you can analyze text to extract metadata from the concept and, uh, from the concept and understand, say, the concept behind it. Mm. So there's this shift towards, and voice is a massive part of that, interacting with technology. <clears throat> and this is available today. So it's you know, absolutely accessible, not just to developers, but to the enterprise to make it, easier for us to interact in manners that are familiar and comfortable to us with the enterprise. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be a massive thing, I think. In the future. I think that'd be huge. Absolutely huge. So onwards. The next one was a bit more of a techie one, but you got to have a, this is, this is a technology one, right? So Go on. the enterprise becomes a telco. Yeah. So, so th- pardon? What? 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 Um, Explain, please. Right. So this is really this is a this is a little bit of a techie one, but it's it's important because it's a huge paradigm shift in how we do enterprise long distance communication. Right. So back in the day, um, sort of data center. Yeah, we totally got that wrapped up. Enterprises were data center owners and data center providers, and it was all very good. But the ability to go into data center, data center to you know, office, office yep. to office, yep. you know, data center to home, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. That fiber in the ground is always a really big iron, big, you know, BT, NTT, you know, Virgin Media type problem, right? Because it was all about fiber in the ground. It was about high complexity and high cost. And and, mm. and I suppose what I'm really referring to is the the complexity of making changes. So if I wanted to turn around and say, okay, I today I need 10 gig tomorrow I need 100 and the day after that I need it to six different new locations and then the next day I need it like this it was it was just fundamentally unfeasible and it was limiting the innovate the ability for the enterprise to innovate was limited by this bottleneck that was the connectivity I think so if you, you come from an if you come from a probably a, a, an IT background you, you're talking about something there which to us it's it conjures up even though it's absolutely not the case, it conjures up images of, to me, of sort of like you see the 1920s. Yeah, the old switchboard. Yeah, yeah. switchboard sorts of things, and, and, which is absolutely isn't. And but it, uh, but it, it, it shows but you how you know it's not part of it, our domain. But the reality was it wasn't a million miles off mm. because actually, you know, you did have every data center has what they call a meet me room and inside yep. that meet me room, there was a whole bunch of switches and routers. Yep. And to put someone onto a a circuit was a case of someone having to go in there and yeah. patch it on and physically muck about and it, and it cost money it took time and you know you've only got to look at the time it takes for a telco to bring an office online now it, mm. it's it's not it's not minutes it's not hours it's not days it's often weeks yeah to get engineers out because it is a complex task now what this was all about was it was all about the software defining of wide area networks so SD-WAN 
Now, SD WAN was is a ten, is a technology that essentially sits over the top of essentially vanilla um, the vanilla pipework of the internet. Mm. So a lot more of the telcos are turning around saying, actually, us managing this, it's a pain for you and it's a pain for us because actually it doesn't really make us any money. We yeah. make money in bandwidth and you use in the bandwidth. And if you're so frustrated with the inflexibility of the network, you're not going to use as much bandwidth as you mm-hmm. could. We're not making any money out of sending engineers all over the world, all over the UK, wherever it may be, yeah. to, to make tiny changes and to bring you online. So actually, if we can disintimate or yeah disintimate essentially the the functionality from the from fundamentally uh, well from you network techies you know layer one which is the physical infrastructure in the in the ground if we can essentially break those apart so that we provide the bandwidth and you provide all the functionality on top that does all the clever stuff does all of the bandwidth you know um shaping and the and the where stuff goes and all that then actually that that gives you greater agility which means you can innovate you can you have complete control of your enterprise connectivity so you can do whatever you want but it also means that you'll consume more bandwidth because if you can be more flexible and you can spin up more services and you can do more clever things then you'll just by default because something's easier to use you'll use it more so i'm looking at you quite quizzically now because <clears throat> what do you reckon cuz i i have no no I'd reference points to score you on this. Uh, are, you, are we seeing it? Yeah, we are absolutely are. So I think um, I think this is this is something where it's 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 probably taken off more than more than I think the others as far yeah. as the as far as the ramp ups concerned. Well, you've got to remember, right? This is something that was a pain for every single major enterprise. Every single data center provider had an issue where they needed to go and mm. yeah, sorry, needed to go and partner with a BT or as I said, one of those one of those yeah. big 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 monolithic organizations who had very little flexibility and very little interest in running around the world helping you to to do tiny little bits at tiny little times mm. whereas what we can now do obviously is turn around and say right we'll provide you the bandwidth and what you do on top of it is completely up to you so you can software define how your network looks you can make changes in real time by the way changes can be automated by in real time because it sees a threat or it sees an opportunity to to grasp optimization or whatever it may be through scaling out or whatever it may be can then also have the effects or say okay so i've spun up a new network because i need a new web server because you know the load balancers deter mm. you know has found yeah. that there's more load because it's black friday also increase the bandwidth that we've got out to um our dr sites because we've got more data going out to the dr site in yeah. real time and then and then also maybe, you know, dynamically bring online another site because and all these little things you can do. Maybe it's not as frequent as that that you'd actually mm-hmm. imply in real life, but you've got that level of granularity and that's just never been there before. So very, very cool technology and something that really believe has taken off big time in, uh, in, in 2017. And I think will continue to, to grow into 2018 and beyond. Well done, David. You're welcome. I self-scored myself there, so um, why not? Hey, why not? So the next one, I really like this one. So this, on. this one you I, say it, you say it. This one I called the Infinite Platform. Platform, platform. But this was mainly because 2016, I literally was ready to throttle the next person that basically determined their positioning in the world as, 
I'm at platform one or I'm at platform three or I'm at platform nine and three quarters because it was driving me up the wall and back down again. And every single conference I went, oh, you know, we're embracing platform three or embracing platform four. It's just that it was so meaningless. <laughs> and, and some people came up with really good definitions as to why it should be. So I think the general, the generally accepted point was that Platform one was mainframe. Platform two is distributed computing. Yep. Platform three was essentially cloud. But then people come up platform four with mobility and IoT, and then, and it's just like, just but, 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 who cares? Who cares? It actually doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter yeah. in the slightest, you know. Um, so just we'll talk you down from the platform there. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, so. For me, it was all about actually in a world where we are, where we have continuous delivery and continuous integration, mm. you know, where Microsoft, for example, have stopped naming and bringing out versions of their operating system. They're just going to call it Windows and continually evolve it forevermore. Where we have, um, you know, our phones don't need, you know, to be physically updated anymore. Mm. They just say, update's ready, update. Oh, now you're in the next version. But it's just literally iOS whatever two three four ten eleven twelve thousand it's not versioning it's not reinstalling an operating yeah. system this is this is concept that we don't need that, that quite old paradigm of right it's time to upgrade that's a hugely disruptive thing to do with SAS and with um and with ias the 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 versioning and well i say versioning versioning and coastal important but yeah. versioning of an infrastructure becomes who cares? It just completely doesn't need to occur anymore. And I, and think, I, and you, I think as you see other trends, like, like we, we referenced <laughs> API, we've referenced that yeah, that ability to, to to integrate and augment and bring in new services. Then really, does it matter what platform you're on? You can be well, on the you can be on exactly. the platform that best suits you. Exactly. In general, some people defined AI as as one of the platform definers, and some people and determine. They? Yeah, so like AI would, def- if you were on AI, you were in platform four or platform oh five. Gosh. And it was like, no, 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 no. This is just too much. So I came up with this whole thing around the infinite platform. Let's just get rid of platforms. And let's just say that from now on, we're all on the infinite platform. We're on this. And, you know, this was also down to, and if you've ever heard me present, I talk about the, um, the essentially the rate of innovation Mm-hmm. And the rate of innovation has always been exponential. It's just that's fundamental. Until until we yeah. fundamentally get bored of inventing new things, our rate of innovation will always be exponential. We'll always be innovating quickly, and iterating on the, our innovations quickly. But what what we are starting to see is the rate of adoption start to mirror, and sometimes supersede the rate of innovation. So people need innovation before it's available. So people are saying, "I've got this problem, but there's nothing that can fix it because," yeah. and and the rate of adoption is really what's important because the rate of adoption used to be an M minus two type situation where, you know, Windows 10 would be out, but actually you're still on Windows 7. And and you're there because you feel it's trusted, it's 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 well matured. But now the competitive edge is is gained from adopting greater and greater and newer and newer and better and better technology. So mm. this is where platforming becomes quite a, a practice of the old and not of the new and the and the rapidly evolving industry. It doesn't. It, for me, it wasn't. I, I appreciate. I'm, I will step down off my soapbox. I'm ever so sorry. It's not a soapbox. But I think it, it's something you're just very passionate about. It is, it, it is because it, every single day it's just like, oh, are you talking about platform three or four? I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's insignificant. What's insignificant is what are we actually doing? It's not 
putting it into some stupid container that defines it completely out of context for everyone in the world. So yeah, right. Unless you want to comment, I'm done. Because otherwise, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, this is gonna carry on for hours. Can we not include it in 2018 trends, please? It will not be included. Fantastic. Maybe um, we'll just have like a separate podcast where David can just get it all out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can, can he do that on his own? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Just like we'll in a call, room we'll by call it grinds, grinds David's gears. <laughs> um, oh, onwards. Oh, onwards and upwards. Okay. So, uh, security postures become uncomfortable. Yeah, see, I like this one because in my mind, the the vision of this was almost like a stress position or, you know... Downward dog. Or, or no, downward dog your garden, or, yeah. or, or you're standing on one foot while spinning two plates. Um, it was all about how, um, you know, <laughs> to be any good in security these days, you need to be out of your comfort zone. You can't sit there and go... Okay, well, you know, I know my firewalls, I know my IPS, IDS, I know, you know, my antivirus, and, and I'm fine, I'm done. Because you're not. You could not be further from it. You know, it was Lorcan, who is our head of our security mm. technical business, he said, you know, assume breach. And if you assume breach, you're always going to be in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. And my advice would be, if you're not comfortable out of your comfort zone, then actually you shouldn't really be in security at the moment because or, or ever because I don't think it's ever going to stop. Mm. So it is an incredibly uncomfortable. And I, I spoke specifically about some of the up-and-coming trends that are going to hit the technology industry like or the security industry like operational technologies yeah. merging into information technologies. Um, I spoke about some of the you know newer um, sort of pieces that, piece of the puzzle like mm. user behavioral analytics and, and these very new emerging technologies but also be ready for that to be put in place and then be pretty much superseded overnight and then you need to start again completely yeah. i think yeah another friend of the show you know our, our very own john watkins has written a couple of blogs and i know he's been on on uh, on bandwidth talking about yeah he likens security to to an onion and that multi-layer yeah. pro- approach and and i kind of like that and the number of people that have Kind of, yeah. You know, we met a lot of really interesting people at uh, Infosec, and um, yeah, they, they've echoed Larkin's comments about <laughs> just assume breach. They'll be in, yeah, somewhere, some shape, somehow. So, uh, and once you stop panicking, it's like, well, well, yeah. I've, it's not something like you say. It's like, right, done that, address that, move on, next problem. Mm, no, no, it's nothing. It How, can't be. The world is be, always the threats yeah. are always evolving. It can't be fixed, and actually, you sort of need to take an approach of build walls around what's really important and and just basically don't compromise but you can't do everything so just protect what's really really important first and work out from there so i was at a a security conference yesterday actually um speaking uh on a panel and uh what what i found really 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 interesting was one of the first questions one of the um the uk owner of the of this particular vendor said and big 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 vendor to us he said, uh, "He said, who here has been has been hacked or compromised? No one put their hand up at all." And what made me laugh was was he then turned around and said, "Well, all that tells me is you don't know. <laughs> You've been contentious, but, but I like that. Yeah. But true, yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, everyone sat there and, and no one said, well, no, I know for a fact I haven't been because nobody could do that.' Yep. And actually, it was a very honest, and it immediately got everyone's attention. Going, oh, okay, well, might be a bit." bit upset with this bloke for saying that but actually i can't dispute that comment that's a very sensible thing to say so it, the reality is 
I think actually, <laughs> for me, one of the other things you need to become more comfortable with is admitting when the proverbial poo has hit the fan. Mm, and you yeah. need to just turn around and say, do you know what? I have been breached. I've learned from it. I think we need to re- remove this culture of panic and blame. I think we need to start to plan more about, you know, when we have been breached, how do we stop it being an uncomfortable situation and actually yeah. not turn it into a positive because I don't think you ever can, but turn it into something that at least you can, you are, you have under control, you've planned for. You know, for example, if I went to an organization and said, okay, so you've been, you've been breached, right? You've, you've had a, a data breach or you've had a hack. What next? You know, the first thing you need to do is you need to have communications that are pre-written, pre-authorized by CEO and press and all that sort of stuff to get out to your user base, to put out to the press, to put out to your staff. So um, one of the best um, one of the best pictures that they put up at this security conference yesterday was a picture from an insurance company. Oh, yeah. And um, and he was trying to highlight the importance of accurate communication in a, in, in a panicked sort of breach situation. And he had this picture of uh, of a whiteboard, a, a, you know, drive it around a little sort of whiteboard on wheels, and they basically put it in the foyer, the reception of this this major insurance organisation. And you can find this picture online if you're clever yeah. enough. Um, and literally, it said, "Do not switch your computer on. Do not switch your computer on under any circumstances. Do not switch your computer on. No exceptions. Do not switch your computer on. Um, we will be in touch." And that was their way of communicating that obviously they've been hit by some ransomware or something like that. That if as soon as you switch your computer on, it just sucked the ransomware on and cryptoed your computer. But it was just comedy because that was their way of communicating the the, the strategy for we've been breached, we've had an issue, we've had a hack. This is how we're going to manage it. And it was just one of those sort of it was a real highlight of you should have thought about and, and very few organisations do proactively think about what should we do when we get breached, what should we do when we have a security when we are essentially compromised yeah. security-wise. Buy a couple of whiteboards. That's a new one, isn't it? Buy a couple of whiteboards. It's just ridiculous. So, I mean, and he started to ask some questions like, so that was the first one. How are you going to communicate? Who do you call? Who do you call when you've had a security breach? What's your what's the, what's the phone tree yeah. of, um, of people you need to it's bring a, on board? It's like a snow day at school. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Everybody home for a day. Uh, yeah. But no, it's... It's it's a great example. It's a bit like the we're talking about um, in the last episode. They had the the prediction around uh, data divorce. It's it's another example where where the world of the IT world in a business is is crossing path. It's increasingly crossing paths and having to be relevant to the the <laughs> the business process side of the business. So you you have. To to build your your audit your audit flow your case management your business process flow to take into account things like that mm. something as randomly yeah basic as right I how how am I yeah if if I cannot communicate via yeah people's computers how the heck am I going to get this message mm. out what it's, am I go what am I going to do it's funny you mentioned actually from last week's episode about the data divorce because after listening to that episode I went to read about the um the Weatherspoons um yeah, that yeah. you mentioned yeah, yeah. and and that was we were talking about that in terms of GDPR and they've decided to just get rid of all their customer data and um not email anymore etc cetera, etc cetera. and I read the Wired article about that and actually been re- revised since that was published um and they had comment back from Weatherspoons which said it was 
the strategic decision after they had had um, they'd been breached in 2015, and actually they just decided to get rid of that vulnerability. Mm. And I just thought that was quite an interesting take. Um, and also, you know, it it goes back to when we've had conversations about GDPR in the past. Whereas, what do you need your data for? And for them, they can do exactly the same thing with Twitter and Facebook to communicate with their customers. Yeah, probably more eff- effectively than they were with email anyway. Yeah. So it just takes the vulnerability out. For, for multiple reasons it's quite interesting yeah and again you kind of responding to in a way that mimics some of the threats which is you're starting to look at i think you mentioned it in in the trend that user i suppose behavioral engineering that user behavior yeah well you know what people probably check their phones and will probably check their social accounts uh before they'll read a whiteboard in in main reception <laughs> awesome yeah oh my you're showing me it now yeah so i'll, I'll We'll try. Well, we might put a link to this. I don't think it's a little contentious, but but yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway so on that, that bombshell. On that, that brings us to the end of yeah. trends. People, what have been? What's been your favourite episode? So, if people had to go and listen to one episode, which one would you would you say that they should go and listen to um, this year? Ooh, who's going to go first? What question. Go on, Hannah. You've you've, you've um, produced them also. I think it's a tricky one. I think I've got two favourites. Mm-hmm. One would be the Wanna Cry podcast that we did with Malwaretech. Who? Yeah. Um, just because also as a producer for that, it was just a manic day to try and get that interview. <laughs> so that yeah. was just quite an experience. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the reason that we um did that podcast and then subsequently what happened with the guy behind malware tech um (laughs) just all quite interesting and exciting to be part of that one um and then i think as well the weather company one that we did um i learned a lot in that one um and rich is looking at me like i'm taking that one yeah cheers um and also what's quite fun (laughs) about that is i like that i see the weather company mentioned in lots of the different kind of news outlets and things that I read it's quite interesting to have having that conversation with them on that podcast and then seeing them kind of pop up in response to lots of different topical things so it's quite cool right Richard go next so I'm still trying to find mine ah yeah I, I, I know what it is oh, she, she stole mine she stole mine I know what it is I've just got to try and find find it so you you crack on and I'm gonna I'm gonna find this and go with it so uh, yeah, I'm going to come back to the we- to the weather company piece, right? Because um, I think one, I think we were all a little bit taken aback <clears throat> when IBM said, "Yep, we're buying all the technology behind the Weather Channel." We're like, what are you doing? Well, why? Did we have a pod? Was it a private conversation or a podcast conversation about why did they do that? And, 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 I think we had a private I'll... conversation, and then. We had some other conversations with IBM. We thought, ah, that'd make a good episode. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, I still think it's, we're in a position now and we're a place now where I absolutely get it. I, you know, I made reference in, a, in another episode to you know, IBM positioning well. You know, every company's affected by weather. And you go, yeah, actually, you're right. Um, but it's still to be played out for me. Not, mm-hmm. not, not the technology, not the proposition. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And I'm start, we're now starting to see the channel and partners starting to leverage the weather company, you know, um, it, not just in conversations, but actually in, in deployments. Um, but I think it's, it's going to be not a slow 
burn, it, it's still going to come back to that. And again, I referenced it earlier about oh, companies are still, businesses are still struggling with how they leverage their own data. And it, but it was it was really interesting to listen to somebody like Alex and, and go through the proposition. You go, well, right, you've got you've got a massive platform. <coughs> yeah. There. Sorry, sorry, I know what you just said about platforms. No, that's fine. Crack on. But you know, yeah, you've got, you've you're got calling on. it platform one, two, three, or four. No, I am referring platform to it is, as a physical platform, and I couldn't be happier with that. Yeah. Um, I think you know the way that we will see that that platform sort of evolve inside of IBM. I think, you know, you probably see that used in, in places and to deliver services that aren't just what we we think has been, you know, TWC, the weather company. Um, I, and yeah, some of, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of great stories and, and use cases being spoken about now about the weather company. Yeah, some of them are mind-blowing ones we haven't even seen yet. Mm. I think, yeah, it was just... It was one of those episodes which went in a blur, and yeah. I kind of wanted to keep keep talking about it. Cool. Um, I, I've got to say as well, the whole season on security for me because yeah. my yeah, my yeah, background's yeah. not security per se, and that was an exhausting set of podcasts to record. But I think it really was, fun. It was really fun. It was really fun. Um, yeah, uh, absolute blatant plug for the show. Uh, go back and listen to that series. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. You know, people from from. Kaspersky, Thale, Ta- Talis. Alice, Talis, sorry. So many people will say that wrong. Yeah. Um, so funny enough, my favourite one is actually one of them from that from that series. So it was actually our podcast with uh, Tish Atish from, uh, from yeah. Checkpoint. That was oh, a great He voice. was brilliant. He was so much fun. And funny enough, I saw him yesterday. Did you? We had a great, yeah, we had a great chat and a catch up and he really wants to come back and I was like, absolutely happy to. But he was really good sport, great fun, yep. good conversation, really interesting. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to basically plug the other podcast i went on this year which was the uh big data beards podcast which is the dell emc global big big data analytics podcast and say that my other podcast was my other favorite was actually being on their podcast this year i thought so please do listen to it it's on itunes same as ours search for big data beards and um yeah we had a great one at at splunk.conf over in washington dc earlier this year and uh yeah really good set of podcasts there all about big data industry so they were my two favourites. Uh, that one and, and the one I didn't actually do for fun with. But my, my moonlighting. My oh. moonlighting. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. And if you want Dave on your podcast. <laughs> ah, yeah, I was going to say, that's a, that's a blatant plug. He's very yeah. cheap. Yeah. He's very Why can't cheap. we get Dave back on bandwidth? I don't know. He's not interested in doing it anymore. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, hey, so, so this uh, one, the last, last announcement I'm going to make is that... <gasps> what? Um, this is the last time we probably do bandwidth in the disarray that we have it in today with cables everywhere and mic stands and in a room I that we've had to book in the last minute. Towers. It's not disarray. So we work very hard to set this mess up. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. He worked very hard <laughs> yeah. to set this mess up. Um, so go on. So we are we've been given sign off and approval to actually build a permanent bandwidth tower studio. In our Harrogate headquarters, you're going to say we've been evicted. So um, <laughs> kicked out. So no, we need the meeting room back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next podcast we start recording will be from our permanent home. studio. Yeah, um, we've actually got to the point now where our OC this is so valuable that we've we've been given sign off to build a full on studio. Partners, vendors, anyone listening, you know, we're going to be doing a lot more content next year. We're going to be doing a lot more. Um, exciting, fun things, more diversity. 
do you have do you have a topic do you have something that yes, you want to hear about exactly. um do you talk have something about that, yeah you want to talk, talk about, about yeah. Come on. yeah come on honestly we're going to make it a lot more frequent we're going to be building a network of podcasts to support the bandwidth brand oh, i thought you said i thought you said it was a studio now you're talking about a network the network will come from the studio. It's fine. Oh, Remember, right. um, you can hire David out. <laughs> <laughs> David is available for bar mitzvahs, <laughs> weddings and christians. Brilliant. Uh, uh, and on that bombshell, I think all that's left is for all of us to wish you a very oh, successful sorry. Q4 for those of you who are closing out your, your years. Yep. Um, and a really, really happy new year to you and your family. So ooh, thank ooh, you. Ooh, all gone? Oh, oh. Just, just before we say a thank you and goodbye and sign off for it. Sign off another year I, I'd just like to say a massive thanks for Hannah yeah, yes you've been Aww. an absolute start we yet again job. we just listen to our own voices yep another year another year herding cats <laughs> yeah your, that's all I've got to say your poor other half honestly must think that well he must hear us more than more than most well so. yeah I was actually saying this to someone earlier that in the car when I put the uh, um do you have the same problem I have? As soon as Every, your phone sinks, a podcast yeah, comes on. It's literally ah. like, hello. It's like, oh, it's David again. <laughs> well, look, thank yeah. you ever so much, Hannah, for another, another great year. Um, and thank you to absolutely everybody out there that's, that's been, been a on, guest yeah. and been on for this year. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, mate, the most interesting podcast. Yes, very much uh, so. And, and also you, our listeners. Yes. Thank you ever so much. And uh, so, as I say, next year, bigger better more content more interesting and we're also going to start to, to <laughs> more interesting how can it be more interesting hey you've got to the aim <laughs> big right and also we're anyway. going to be running some next year we're going to be running some sort of listener events so listen for those wait for those so you know we're gonna yeah he's not, deci- he's not decided what they are yet hey hey it's almost as good as the time when i said to so quick story when we were in munich once uh oh god no literally Hannah, you'd been up since about two o'clock that morning. You mm-hmm. landed and I said, all right. I literally got there with my suitcase. Yeah, and I said, you, and I, yeah you were. Yeah, you you stood it, on the stand. Yeah. You'd not taken your hand, hand off the handle no. of the suitcase. And I said, we're going to do our first live stream. <laughs> yeah. Figure out the software we need to do it. Yeah, she looked and at me <laughs> as if to say, uh, 24 hours, I can't leave you alone for 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah, no. All good fun. All yeah. good fun. But look, guys, thank you ever so much for listening. Hey, no, cheers, mate. And uh, Rich... I don't have to thank you. It's basically your job now. Um, so, yeah. How do I manage that? <laughs> you walked into this one, matey. Uh, yeah, we but no, look, it. guys, it's been a pleasure. Yep. Thank you for listening. Look forward to next year. Bigger, better, more interesting, more shows. Yeah. Thank you very much. All the best. Thank you. Bye. Bye, bye now.